This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer. Worldwide, I'm Libby Snymer. Today, part two of our interview with Toronto City Councillor Norm Kelly. He's had a very successful career, but why has his popularity soared now that he's in his 70s? We talked to him about it. And... Globe and Mail columnist Andre Picard has released a new book on the state of health care in this country. It's called Matters of Life and Death, and that's what we're talking about. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Barry Manilow has postponed two concerts in Los Angeles and Chicago on doctor's orders because of sprained vocal cords. The 73-year-old Zoomer singer-songwriter was to perform last week in Inglewood, California and in Chicago, but a message he posted on Saturday night on social media said he was ordered to rest and he is, quote, very sorry for any inconvenience this may cause. The Chicago show has been rescheduled for July 29th and the Los Angeles show for August the 4th. If you think the older demographic is hesitant about going online, think again. Three-quarters of all Zoomers are now online every day, according to a report from the Pew Research Center. More than 40% own smartphones. That number has nearly quadrupled in five years. As for social media, 35% of seniors are on Twitter or Facebook. And according to the study, of those who use social media, three-quarters are on those sites Every day. A couple of Zoomer legends are heading into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame. Keeps me searching for a heart of gold, and I'm getting old. Both Neil Young and Bruce Coburn will be enshrined into the Hall of Fame during a ceremony at Massey Hall in September. Neil Young has had an accomplished solo career along with writing and recording with bands like Buffalo Springfield and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Coburn is an officer of the Order of Canada and has 13 Juno Awards to his credit. A 101-year-old D-Day veteran has broken the world record for the oldest tandem skydiver. Verdun Hayes jumped out of a plane from more than 4,500 meters above Devon, England this week. The great-grandfather was cheered on by four generations of his family as he fluttered towards the earth, and Hayes says he hopes to jump again in the next year or two. I'm Libby Zneimer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Most people can only dream of having a career like Norm Kelly's. He entered into municipal politics in Scarborough in the 70s, had a run at federal politics in the 80s, only to return to City Hall, where he helped guide Toronto through amalgamation and through the turbulence of Rob Ford's tenure. 
But it's only now that Norm is in his 70s that he's reached the pinnacle of his success. Why? We talked about it recently. You were already older when you became famous. So first, uh, you you filled in for Rob Ford when uh, he was facing his substance abuse. Uh, and you were basically the mayor, even though you weren't called the mayor. And that was only uh, three years ago. Yeah. Well, if someone had told me three years ago that I would become the de facto mayor of the city of Toronto, and following that, the second largest Twitter following uh, in, amongst Canadian politicians and earning me the, the name of Sixtad, I would not have believed them. You were voted uh, Canada's most valuable tweeter? Well, in 2015, what Twitter <laughs> did was they took 16 Canadian personalities and they put them in two divisions. And like uh, March Madness, the ba- college basketball playoffs in the States, they had a sudden death confrontation uh, in each of those categories. Uh, and uh, the winner of each of the divisions then met for the championship. Uh, I went up against Ellen Page, first of all, uh, was victorious. She's an actress. Yeah, went up against uh, Bob McKenzie, you know, the hockey analyst. Okay, and yes. And I thought, I- I'm dead. I beat him. And then I actually went up against Justin Bieber. Uh-oh. And I thought, that's it. You know, it's been a nice ride for those two uh, two encounters. And I won, and I had to face off against the semifinalist in the other division. And who was that? Um, the newly elected Prime Minister Trudeau. And I creamed him. <laughs> that I, was then. Do you think you creamed eight, him now? That was 83 to 17 <laughs> percent. The last time I saw Justin Trudeau, he was 10 years old, and I was a liberal member of parliament in Ottawa. <laughs> and it was at a Christmas reception. So, gee, you know, things come around. <laughs> Do you feel uh, like you are a late bloomer? I think I've had an interesting life. Some of the things that I, um, I've experienced, I sought. I worked hard for. Political office, for example. Becoming head of history at Upper Canada College. These are, the, these are jobs that I wanted, that I applied for, and was really pleased that I got, got them. But um, the... The Merrillty, in quotation marks, and the Six Dad are from out of left field. They, they happened. Uh, and um, I just, I rolled with it, and I enjoyed both. One of the things I noticed about your political career is that you've lost a great deal of the time. You've lost, lost elections and, and nominations. Yeah. So how did that um how did that affect you? And well, I played a lot of sports when I was a teenager. I played uh, baseball in the summer, football in the fall, hockey in the winter. Uh, and uh, so within that cultural context of, of competition, I learned that uh, you can play very hard, you can try your very best, and you can still lose. And so uh, the losses never bothered me. Uh, I knew that I did my very best to win. Uh, and I acknowledge that the other person did as well. Now, I've lost, I think, three or four, but I've won, I don't know, eight or nine. So, on average, if I had this, this one-loss average uh, for the Blue Jays, 
you know, I'd be making uh, $30 million a year. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Ford, when he was a counselor, used to uh, walk by my office. His was just a few offices down from mine on the second floor. He used to walk by and he'd pop his head in every now and then and he would say, Norm, Norm, how do you tolerate this? You know, this, this political environment. <laughs> and uh, my response was, Doug, you got to know the game you're in. And I understand the political game. You're going to win on some occasions and you're going to lose on others. It could be uh, electoral office or just a policy vote. And what do you make of where we're at right now in the city? Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, we have become one of the premier cities of the world, not only in our own heads, uh, certainly in my it, uh, we are, but in the minds, hearts of people all around the world. This is the country they want to live in. This is the city they want to live in. And uh, as for you, you're going to keep going? Any plans for the R word? <laughs> I, uh, as long as I'm in good health and in good spirits, and as long as I can feel uh, that I can make a contribution, um, I would like to uh, certainly uh, plan for running for re-election. Any advice to our Zoomers about keep going? So I think today's Zoomers are in super shape psychologically. They exude confidence. They're still plugged into the world one way or the other if they're in retirement. They have their own hobbies. Uh, they're helping as we're beginning to look after grandchildren. They travel the world. They volunteer. Some of the best volunteers uh, in our system today, and the city depends heavily on volunteer labor and advice. Seniors uh, are there in, in high numbers, and they're to be congratulated for the continuing involvement with uh, the life of the city and their families. Okay, Norm Kelly, thanks so much. Pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thank you for the time. That was Councillor Norm Kelly, also known as the Six Dad. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Stop blaming seniors for soaring health spending. That's just one of the issues in Andre Picard's Matters of Life and Death. Coming up. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Do we get good value for the $228 billion a year we spend on health care? And if not, why not? That's just one of the big questions I tackled with Andre Picard when we sat down with his new book, Matters of Life and Death. Andre Picard, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Our health care here defines us, or we say it defines us, and people fear very strongly about Medicare. Uh, either they hate it, or usually they love it, or they love it and hate it. Yeah, so I, you know, I hate when people say Medicare is what defines us as Canadians because I always my retort is always, I don't want to be defined by an insurance program because <laughs> that's what it is. And I think if we looked at it much more dispassionately, we'd get around to fixing it. You know, that's what it is. It's an insurance program. There's some good about public insurance, and there's some bad, and we should discuss it. And we should, you know, I I, I always look to the European countries. They're much more pragmatic about it. They say, listen, we're going to do what works. I remember being in the 
Netherlands, and they had this entirely public uh, insurance system like Canada. wasn't working so well, so they shifted over to an entirely private system. So everyone in the Netherlands purchases private insurance, and it's well-regulated, and people can't afford it or subsidized. But it was quite a dramatic shift, and they just did it. You know, well, it works better, so we're going to do it. And there's not a lot of that uh, willingness to take chances in Canada. When you talk to people here, everybody seems to understand the source of the problem. They say when Medicare started, we had a young population. It covered acute care. Now we have an aging population. We have to revert to a community model. Every day we hear horror stories, people stuck in the hallway. They're stuck in the hallway because the beds are full of people who don't need to be in a hospital but don't have anywhere to go in terms of long-term care or home care, which is a lot cheaper. So if we know, why can't we fix this? Well, that's a very good question. You're right. Uh, everything you described is well known. And these are, I think part of the problem is we have to look at it differently. So what we do when we have a problem is we throw more medical resources at it. And that's not the solution because our problems are not medical problems. We deliver fabulous medical care in Canada when you're in the right place. But what we have are engineering problems and administrative problems. So what our system needs is to be re-engineered. And what we do instead is when there's a problem is we throw more bodies at it. And that's not the solution. And everybody seems to think that the problem is money, you know, that we just had a budget in Ontario and hospitals are complaining that that uh, the increase wasn't enough of an increase to keep up with it. But is the problem money? Well, I'm often asked that. Do we not spend enough on health care? And my answer is sadly always the same thing, which is I don't have the slightest idea because I don't know what we're trying to do. We're a system that doesn't really have any set goals. Uh, you know, it's not like businesses have a goal. Do you meet that goal? If not, somebody's accountable for it. We don't have much accountability in our system, and we don't have any really set goals. My sense is that we have plenty of money because we're one of the top spenders in the world. So we spend as much, if not more, than any other countries, and we get much poorer results. A lot of people believe that because the population is aging, it's going to bankrupt the healthcare system. Is yeah, that true? That's one of the worst myths out there. And, you know, especially for your audience, I think it's important for them to know that the, there's no truth to that. Uh, aging has a very tiny effect on the increase in health costs. And I, I have a whole essay on that in the book. Uh, what is driving our spending is increased usage. So everybody, regardless of their age, is using a lot more healthcare. Now, the question is, uh, is that new stuff necessary? Are we getting value for money for it? And we don't do enough of those calculations. But we know time and time again, studies tell us that about 30% of all our spending is wasted or even harmful. So that's a huge chunk of money. That's We're talking $60 billion a year 30, in Canada. 30% wasted? 30%, yes. On what, new drugs? No, just stuff that we don't really need, unnecessary testing, a repetition, uh, marginal benefits, uh, drugs with marginal benefits, uh, surgeries that should we should stop doing. So there's these great campaigns like Choosing Wisely, right. which are identifying these, but they're really touching the, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, just take statin drugs. Statin drugs are maybe $4 billion a year, there's very little benefit to them for a lot of people. And we know that, but there's just a system that, you know, we started prescribing statin drugs a long time ago. The research has taught us that they're not that beneficial, but we've just in this mode where we just do it. And there's so much stuff like that. We just do it because we've always done it. We drug a lot of older people 
uh, into oblivion. And that's a way of managing them, especially if they have dementia. Yeah, one of the saddest things you'll ever see is if you go into to nursing homes that are understaffed and all these people are on antipsychotics. They're not psychotic. They're confused and they're scared, but there's no one to take care of them. There's no one there. What they really need is someone to hold their hand and talk to them. And we don't have the staff for that. So, bam, we give them these powerful drugs that make them almost like zombies. And it's really tragic. You've just said that it's a big myth that that seniors are going to eat up all the resources of the health system. But as we get older, we use more of those resources and most of them in the last year of life. Yeah. So the reality is and always has been that in the last year of your life, you use the majority of your health services. But that's true whether you're 45 or you're 55 or you're 95. So it's true that people are aging, they need more care, but they're also healthier a lot longer. So we have to look at the equation from both sides. Uh, there's many benefits. We have people working now to 65, 75, 80, paying their taxes. I, I hate when we say seniors are a drain and they're a waste of money. They're not. They've been paying into the system their entire lives. And, you know, we deserve to get back what we pay into. That's what insurance is all about. And this whole vilification of seniors, I think, is counterproductive. And it's, as I said before, there's not a lot of truth to it. Andre Picard, thank you so much. Thank you. Andre Picard's book, Matters of Life and Death, Public Issues in Canada, is available on bookshelves and online now. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Sherilyn Sarkeesian turned 71 this week. More on the artist you know as Cher when we return. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. One of the first new plays written in direct response to the Trump era is now in previews in New York City. Building the Wall is the work of Pulitzer and Tony-winning playwright Robert Schenken. Building the Wall is at the New World Stages. Now underway in the south of France, the 70th annual Cannes Film Festival. More than 50 movies will be screened at the festival, which runs through May 28th. In southern England, they're commemorating the 200th anniversary of the death of author Jane Austen with the mysterious Miss Austen. It's an exhibition which includes five portraits of the author. It's at the Winch Chester Discovery Center. And at the La Jolla Playhouse in Pasadena, California, the Jimmy Buffett musical Escape to Margaritaville is on stage. The show combines Buffett's blend of pop and country and is booked through July 9th. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Date Book. This week, Sherilyn Sarkeesian better known as Cher, celebrated her 71st birthday. Cher first gained popularity in 1965 as one half of the folk rock husband-wife duo Sonny and Cher. But it wasn't long before she went on to become a successful solo artist, leading actress, and fashion icon. Musically, she's released a number of hit singles, including Bang Bang My Baby Shot Me Down, Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves, Half Breed, Dark Lady, and Believe. In the 1970s, she became a television personality with the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour and later the variety show Cher. 
At the same time, she emerged as a fashion trendsetter wearing elaborate outfits on the programs. As an actress, Cher has received critical acclaim for her performances in films like Silkwood, Mask, and Moonstruck, the last of which won her the Academy Award for Best Actress. Right now, we'll travel back to 1965 and hear the song that started it all for Cher. Here she is, along with Sonny Bono, singing I've Got You, Babe. That was Sonny and Cher with I've Got You, Babe. Cher celebrated her 71st birthday this week. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer Moses Snymer. Produced by Dave Woodard, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.